You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul, episode 91. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and I am in addiction recovery. It is a wonderful day to have you back here. I am, of course, pacing back and forth in my home office, just moving closer and closer towards the holidays. For those of you who had the opportunity to attend the Confident Communication Summit that me and my peers hosted last week, I certainly hope that you enjoyed it. I definitely saw some of you in the Facebook group. Get over there, register, and watch some of the videos. I super appreciate you coming over and checking it out, and hopefully you learned a lot about confident communication over the holidays uh, with hot-button issues, with how to handle changing roles that you are going through. And I remember when I did that one and I chose that topic with Bruce and Denise, it was very important to me because I realized that as people who step out of addiction and into sobriety and ultimately into addiction recovery, we go through a lot of change. And the change is happening not just to us, but it's happening to the people around us. The homeostasis, this ability to balance with our past behavior became their way of life. And when we changed, we stood up in this metaphorical boat and completely threw the balance that everyone had become accustomed to off. And when you throw balance off and people are put into a position where now they must morph the way that they've been behaving around you, especially if you're someone like me who uh, has a lot of excitement in me. You know, I get very passionate about a lot of different things. Um, I've got one of my friends who loves calling me a jack of all trade and a master of none. And that's what we're going to discuss today because I've discovered through a TED Talk that there's actually a tribe of people like me and there's actually a term for us. But before I stray off into that, I just want to roll back over the changing roles that you will play. When you got sober and and you stepped into this new version of you, there was going to be some transitional aspects that we probably weren't prepared for. We certainly thought, hey, I'm going to show up to family events and family occasions and I'm just going to be this new awesome version of myself and everyone's going to be so happy and it's going to be so great and there will be no pushback. (laughs) There won't necessarily be pushback that, oh my God, why don't you just go back to being the way that you used to be? But there can definitely be pushback as far as people just not knowing how to navigate around the new you. Perhaps you were always in your shell and now you're, you've broken out of your shell because you're more confident with who you are because you're not always intoxicated at events that when you arrive. Perhaps you were always out boisterous and out loud and the one that, you know, life of the party, quote unquote, and now that you're sober, um, you've subdued yourself a little bit more. And neither one of those versions of yourself was right or wrong then, nor is it right or wrong now, right? You were expressing yourself a certain way then. Now you're expressing yourself a certain way now. Now the behavior that led to the expression of yourself, right, the use of alcohol and drugs in in, in a way that became damn near deadly, if not straight up deadly, that of course is, is behavior that 
is it's great that we all changed. But the way that we expressed ourselves is just the way that we express ourselves. And I had a very powerful coaching session with one of my peers um, as I'm going through this coaching um, class to fine-tune my skills. And one of the things that it got very emotional for me because one of the things that we began to uncover as we unwrapped some of the traumas and sufferings that I had gone through was that I have this deep desire that stems from my childhood to be seen for just who I am and to just be accepted for who I am and to not be judged for who I want to be. And this is going to really segue well into this term I learned just now called multi-potentialite. And before I get off into this TED Talk, and I'm definitely going to link it in the show notes to discuss a little bit more in depth about the coaching session I had, is that ultimately what came from this is that I have a lot of doubt around who I am because of who I have been. And I know we've covered this a lot in the show, that who we were is not necessarily who we are now. That was a version of ourselves, but it's not the version of ourselves. And so as you begin to morph into this newer version and really begin to accept who you are, it's going to be important that you're gentle on yourself as well as you have the ability to explain to other people that it's okay that they feel a change happening inside of them as well. Because they may not necessarily be as prepared as you are to face the changes that are coming their way. Because they didn't realize that when you got sober and into addiction recovery, that they were also going to be required to do any kind of changing. They probably thought it would just be over there on your end and they would just continue to go about business as usual. But there's going to be a new way of, of, of interacting with you that is not going to be something that they were necessarily prepared for. And so having these vulnerable conversations where you can let them know, hey, I'm constantly changing and I'm constantly morphing and this is the version of myself I am going to be now. This is who I want to be. Someone who pays attention to my personal growth and development, who reads new things, who learns new things. And, and, and then I go off and I implement these things into my life. You know, when I get on this microphone and you go off in your meetings and you go into these places where you get to the opportunity to be taught something, to be introduced to something new, that is the moment that teaching occurs. But to me, teaching and learning aren't necessarily the same thing because teaching is what I do a lot on this show. I talk a lot. I bring new topics to you. I teach you guys things that I have learned and then I present them and you go off and you do with them what you will. I believe that the learning comes from the implementation. So teaching you something on this show, going to a meeting and having somebody say something that, 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 that rocks you, that, that's profound, that's the moment that you were taught something. Learning, and again, this is my world, my definition Learning is what happens whenever you go off and you actually implement it and you bring it into your existence and you make it a part of your own. Going into a third grade class and having the teacher 
teach us the 50 state capitals is way different than still being able to rattle off at least 30 or so of them now in my life, right? That's how I learned them. I figured out a way to implement that information into my life so that it would be readily available, right? I, I, I have a poem that goes, 30 days has September, April, June, and November. And that's how I remember what days have 30 versus 31, course, there's that crazy February off doing its own thing with 28 and sometimes 29. But the point is, is that I was taught that and then I learned it. So that still at 44, I'm repeating 30 days, has September, April, June, and November in my head to figure that out. I learned it. So whenever somebody teaches you something, it is not the same. It is not at that exact moment that you actually learn it. So that's just a little sidebar because when you're going off and you are learning these things, a lot of people weren't necessarily expecting that they were going to have to learn anything new. And in, in order to have this confident communication with people, it is up to you to step into the teacher role and say, hey, this is what's going on. It's not unusual for loved ones of people in addiction recovery to find it difficult or complicated or unusual to have to learn a new style of communication with the person in addiction recovery. Just like you are learning a new way of interacting with them because you may have been checked out for so many years and now all of a sudden you want to be involved in your niece's school or you want to be involved in your nephew's baseball games or you want to be able to, you know, have lunch with your siblings or friends on a random day where it doesn't turn into Shot Fest 2000. If they were ever even cool with that. Right, you're learning a new way of interacting with them. It seems natural that they will also need to learn a new way to interact with you, and that's where you can step into the teacher role and and be vulnerable and discuss with them like, "Hey, I used to be this way, and now I'm going to be this way, and it's going to take some getting used to for everyone. It's going to take some getting used to for us right now as we are communicating about this. Not everyone is." necessarily comfortable with those deep, vulnerable, heart-to-heart conversations. You'll have to navigate that and figure out who that person is in your life that you can do that with. Sue Mandel and I talked a lot about this, I think back in episode 68 or somewhere around that region, where you know having a list of people that you can call at certain points in your recovery, maybe you're having a bad day. Where's your list for those people? Maybe you're having a great day. Who's the list? Names can overlap, but there's, there generally should be lists. Who's your list when you're thinking of, of relapsing? Who's, your, who's on the list when you're at the bar with the shot in your hand? Or you're in the alley with the drugs? Or you're at your friend's house with the straw? Like Who are those people that you can call when shit's about ready to hit the fan? Who's the person you call the next day when you're hungover from the relapse? Who's the person you call when you're ready to step back into sobriety and addiction recovery? Having these lists, because these are people you know are prepared for that version of yourself, is extremely important. So when we've discussed confident communication, what it really comes down to, and this is the lesson I learned from the whole week, is that we're teaching you and we're teaching ourselves new ways of communicating. It is in the implementation that you actually are learning it. So you can't just read a book and say, well, that was a great book. And because you could read 50 books or you could have 50 self-help books on your shelf. Reading them and saying, well, that was really cool and then going about your life business as usual isn't learning it because there's no implementation there. 
you were taught it. You might know it. You might be able to read it off out of your top of your head verbatim certain sentences. But if you don't actually go out and implement it and turn it into a way of life, then you didn't really learn it. And not everything you read needs to be implemented or learned. And this goes back to the multi-potentialite that I referenced at the beginning of this. See, when I was a child, I was just so interested and I was so passionate about so many things. And I learned through another podcast recently that there's like a four-stage system to how people figure out their purpose, right? It starts off with curiosity, then it goes to interest, then it goes to passion, and then passion turns to purpose. And I referenced this in the, in the old episode because when I heard this, and I heard it on Jim Quick's Quick Brain podcast, you guys know I, that's one of my favorite. I talked about his Limitless book in depth in one of the episodes back in the day. I love, 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 love that guy's thought process, the way his brain works, uh, which is funny because he was called the kid with the broken brain as a child because he had, a, he had fallen off of a chair and suffered, suffered a severe brain injury, and he has turned that into a superpower. But enough about Jim Quick and more about what I was talking about, which is curious, interest, passion, purpose. When people wake up and they're like, I need to find my purpose in life, they can too often try to jump past all those other points. It's like you can't just leave your house and show up at a destination. You've got to travel along the road. It's the same thing with figuring out what you're passionate about, what your purposeful, your purpose in life is. Right? There's curiosity. Once you get curious about something enough, then you get super interested. And then you become passionate. You seek out more information about that. And if it triggers that right little mechanism in your brain, it turns into your purpose. And this is getting brought up again because this is around the multipotentialite and why as a child I wanted to be seen so much. My mom had Crohn's disease. She may have been popping pills and drinking on the back end. We're not really sure. Stepdad swears he, she was intoxicated most of the time after she got Crohn's, but he was full of lies when it came to her. So I never really know. She wasn't about ready to tell us the truth about that because after the divorce, things became so, so dark between me and my and mother and, and sister. Um, it just, there was, there was a lack of communication there. So I'll never really know the truth, but I definitely know mom had Crohn's all the time and was constantly sick. And, and dad was always, like, I'll, I'll bounce back and forth between dad and stepdad. Just know that I'm talking about Steve, not my bio dad. Um, Steve, stepdad, would constantly be working. And so I just wanted to be seen. Right? I tried to get good grades, so, so Steve would be happy with that. And you know, if, if I didn't get good grades, I'd get the belt. And if I got good grades, I'd get ignored. <laughs> and with mom, as long as you know, I was helping her out around the house and, and you know, being active with what she was up to, then there was, she would see me. Other than that, I could go up to my bedroom and disappear in baseball cards and video games for hours. And I'm not even sure they would know that I was still up there point being is that for a lot of us, we might have just wanted to be seen, not for any one particular thing, but just for who we were. The suffering that happens now when we're adults is that there's just still this little child inside of us who wants to be seen. You know, I, I recently got done taking this very wide sweeping personality test 
And it's something that I'm going to learn in the 2021 and be able to offer to you all. It's called Multiple Natures It's in Multiple Intelligences. And it's fascinating to learn all of these really cool things that I'm into. And he was the one, Wes, my, my instructor on this, and he's also an NLP coaching peer. He was the one who told me, you should go check out this TED Talk by this woman named Emily Wapnick. And it's called, it's uh, basically like, you know, you are, you can be everything. You don't have to settle on one particular version of yourself. And again, I'll, I'll post that up in the show notes. She introduced me to this term called multi-potential light. And I want to bring it out and bring it as, a, as the finishing aspect of this podcast because it's very similar to a Renaissance man, which is something as a child I was fascinated with. I was fascinated with Michelangelo and and and, and uh, Copernicus and uh, these ancient like philosopher kinds who you know who were just the most amazing, well-rounded people that you could hope for, and it never ceased to amaze me how people like Leonardo da Vinci or Michelangelo, Donatello. Raphael, I know you may think I'm talking about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles right now, <laughs> but there was a reason why those were the names for those turtles. You know, the, there's uh, Botticelli, and, and uh, that's, really, that's pretty much it. I don't have my, my brain can't think about too many more of them. But they, I mean, these are people who are philosophers and astronomers and astrologists and, and poets and um, orators, which is just a fancy word for people who did public speaking back then. And I was always fascinated by these people. I was like, how can you be so great at so many things? And this is where the term we use, you know, the phrase we'll use nowadays, you know, jack of all trades, but master of none. And it's like it gets, it gets diminished, this ability to find multiple things interesting, to be good at lots of different things. As you step into your addiction recovery, you might be one of these people who finds, like I was, people ask me, how did you get sober? What were your first couple weeks and months like? And when I'd say that, honestly, I felt like the moment I took alcohol and drugs out of the equation, everything that I was passionate about in life came back. It's, it's, it's just the honest to God's truth. I don't say it to be like, Oh well, you know, it was easy for me because this is it was this 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 and this. I mean, it's just it's just the fact. It's just the fact that my passions, talents, skills and hobbies immediately came back. I'm just my brain works that way. I just get into a lot of different things. And I would sit there on my bed jamming down bottles of wine and, and shots of liquor trying to race, you know, sprint to the blackout all the while Wishing I was on my computer doing something more beneficial to my life or reading a really cool book, not just sitting there staring at the TV. So when I got sober, I just surrounded myself with everything that I'd always wanted to do. And that just became what I was doing. I would go to work, go to meetings at Kaiser, and I would come home and I would just get into the things I was interested in. It it just became like, in a way, my new addiction to just continue to thrive learning, to just find things that fascinated me, to dive into them. And then at whatever point, 
they become less interesting to me or I just become less, right? And that this woman, Wapnick, talks about this in the TED Talk. She's like, you know, I would just get totally into stuff. And then at some point, it would the, the intuit would just diminish. And next thing I know, I'd be totally curious and interested and passionate about a whole different topic. If that's you, then you're a multi-potentialite. You have this renaissance person, you know, DNA coursing through you. If it's not you, then that's fine too. Specialists, people who, who find one particular aspect of their life and just hone in on it, I mean, that's fascinating as well. Like there's no right or wrong way here. It's just an opportunity to figure out who you are. I don't necessarily want to be labeled, you know, white guy or middle-aged guy or college graduate guy. Or I don't necessarily enjoy labels because I think it tries to put us into a box. But there are certainly opportunities that when you label yourself something, it just it allows you to just settle into a comfortability about you, who you are. You know my thoughts on saying that I'm an addict at the beginning of meetings. I'm not going to sit here and tell my brain and tell my tell my soul that I'm still an addict. I I get that we're all addicts in a way, but I also get that we have now stepped into addiction recovery. YPR starts off their meetings by saying, "Hey, you know, my name is Jesse and I'm a person in long-term recovery." Right? Like I like that because that's programming your brain to realize that you're not an addict anymore, that you are this new version of yourself. You can label yourself however you like because it's yourself. I would say that there are more positive ways to label yourself, but I'm not going to sit here and be like, you must label yourself the way that I say, because I am always right. I certainly am still working through that thinking I'm always right thing. Because as a child, it was either be right, get the belt, get ignored, get chastised, get yelled at, get told that I'm stupid, get sent to my room, or get sent outside. Right? Being wrong was not something that was treated comfortably in my home. So when we think about this multi-potentialite, this renaissance person behavior that you might be showing, it is natural that some of us will just find lots of things interesting. And if somebody sits here and tries to say, well, you've got you've to specialize and get into one thing, how are you going to turn that into a career? How are you going to turn getting on a microphone and being a podcast podcaster and being an NLP trainer and being a coach and playing the ukulele and shuffle dancing and working out and all these things that I'm interested in? How are you going to turn any of that into a career? Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> I know I have a lot of things to offer the world. Do I necessarily always know how to label myself? I have a huge issue with how I introduce myself at speaking events and such, or it's like, am I a lifestyle architect? Am I an NLP master trainer? Am I an addiction recovery specialist? Am I a college success habits speaker? Like, I, I don't know, because there's so many things that I'm interested in. I'm settling in on the idea of being a lifestyle architect because I help people uh, build the life and create the lifestyle that they've always desired, because that's what I'm doing with myself. And I don't necessarily know what tools and what things I'm going to bring in to make this happen. But I do know that I'm interested in a lot of things. And now I, now I know that there's a tribe of people like me. And you are probably one of those people where you get super into a lot of things. 
you like to make puzzles, but you also like to go on hikes, and you also like to be adventurous. But hey, you know what? You'll read a book on a rainy day, sitting by the window, listening to it rain. You know, you'll watch some football, but then you'll go off and you'll watch a rom-com. You know, it's like you can just find interest in anything. I literally find everything interesting. It's why I used to have a podcast called Everything's Interesting. I just wanted to get a podcast and talk about things that I found interesting. It didn't have a whole ton of success, mainly because I just don't have the the name recognition to pull that off yet. Right? Like, no one's Googling for a podcast called Everything is Interesting. (laughs) People are Googling for success habits. People are Googling for help in addiction recovery. And these are things that I find to be extremely um, passionate attributes of my life and things that I want to introduce you to. So I know we've covered a lot of things in here, right? We, we've, we've, we've discussed curious into interest, into, into passion, into purpose. We've discussed wanting to just be seen for who we are. We've, wanted, we've discussed the idea of being a multi-potentialite and, and being okay with the fact that you are into a ton of things. There's also going to be those people who try to pigeonhole you and say, no, you need to pick one. That's just society's way of trying to keep you to a script that says master one thing and your whole life will be amazing. But the world is full of people who take multiple talents of theirs and then combine it into one brand new thing. The world is full of people who are successful at, let's say, sports, but also within business, and then they go off and they can do some acting. You think about somebody like Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's been the governor. He's been Mr. Olympia. He's been an actor. He's, he's, he's does charity work. He, he does all these things, right? Like the guy has tons of interests, and he just pursues them, and he goes off, and he, and, he, and he seeks out success in those, and then when he's done, he moves on to the next thing. You know people like this in your life, even if you're not one. This is an important topic for me to introduce to you because depending on where you're at in your addiction recovery journey, you might be finding a ton of things exciting and a ton of things interesting. You might be looking for a new career. You might be looking for a new way to lead your life that goes beyond just going to meetings and going home and then going back to your normal job and then just running through that usual cycle where you feel like the only thing that really changed was that you just don't get high or drunk anymore. The fact is, is there's going to be a certain percentage of us that are drawn to just embracing a ton of new things, of just enjoying a ton of things in general. Now that we know that there's a term for us, this multi-potentialite, and there already was, in a way, the Renaissance man, it's just if you try to hold yourself up to this, to this bar that Leonardo and Michelangelo and Donatello set, I mean, these are people who like painted Sistine chapels and wrote symphonies and stuff. So, I mean, no, I'm not anywhere near what those people are. And maybe my entire life is being the jack of all trades and the master of none. But that's what I find enjoyable. That's how I get interested in things. And by getting passionate about a lot of different things, a lot of different uh, hobbies or a lot of different ways of thinking or a lot of different kinds of books or whatever it might be, ultimately, that makes me feel good. It well-rounds me for my journey. Have I figured out the perfect way to combine all of those yet? No. Or maybe I have and I haven't even realized it. Maybe this podcast is a culmination of all of those things. 
Maybe getting up on stage and speaking to people, that's the culmination. On more than one occasion, I have been told that I, I, that I, I seem to know a lot about a lot of things. And it's just because I'll go down a rabbit hole once in a while and I'll learn whatever I want to learn and I'll step out of it and say, well, that's cool. Now I know a ton of stuff about mushrooms. I watched a documentary on mushrooms one time and I learned a ton. Well, I was taught a ton of things. I don't really remember much of it. I didn't implement much of that knowledge into my life. So I can't say that I learned it, but I certainly taught it. When we're thinking about this as we're, as we're looking to internalize what this podcast episode's been about. It's just that whether it's you or someone else around you, you could see that potential in them to just be into a lot of things, this multi-potentialite. This is not something that we should be looking to extinguish in people. If you're around children and they find tons of things fascinating, it doesn't always need to be, well, how are you going to turn that into a career? How are you going to turn that into a profession? One of the things I'll be learning in 2021 is this multiple natures, multiple intelligence thing I went through yesterday because I can't wait to introduce it to high school and college kids to give them a general idea of things that they would be talented toward based on their like their personality traits, the things that they're multiple multi, things that they are naturally drawn to. But it doesn't mean that all these career options or all these hobby options or all these task options will necessarily be things that they'll like to do. I, I love going into the gym, but I don't like every exercise. I love going you know, to the store to look at new clothes, but not everything that's my size is, is my style or fits right. But it's just knowing this about yourself, saying, oh, I can be into a ton of stuff. And the answer doesn't always have to be, how am I going to turn this into a job? How am I going to turn this into a profession? If you can find things that you're passionate about and turn them, right? Passion is internalized. Purpose is externalized. If you can find things that you're passionate about and turn them into your purpose and offer that gift to the world, then awesome. But not everything has to have that as the end result. When this pandemic went down, and I'll close up on this, when the pandemic went down, a lot of people decided to take on new things and learn new things and go off and experience new things because we were locked down. All of a sudden, we were going to be in our homes for months on end, and it was the opportunity to take on new things. And then some people didn't. And I saw a lot of memes on Instagram saying, you know, if you're not taking on something new during this, you're wasting time. And then I saw a lot of memes that was the other side of it saying, hey, just be yourself chill out, self-care, relax, do what you want to do. Neither were right or wrong. Some people's personalities are drawn to this sort of uh, overachieving, nonstop, go, 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 go. Some people's are more, hey, man, just taking a leisurely, leisurely stroll through the park, bro. Let's just chill out. Look at the leaves, right? I like both of those, I, but I tend on the overachieving, go, 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 go. That funny review I brought up from Amazon, uh, from iTunes, where the guy calls me OCD. It's like, whatever, dude. That whole thing was written in, 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 in effect. That, that whole thing. He, that guy was nowhere near at cause. He did not take any kind of cause for his life. He was all at effect. Oh, I've got a horrible job. Oh, I've got a horrible this. Now, some of us don't have that. Some of us don't have this. All right. You can sit there in the effect thinking everything's happening to you instead of realizing that you are you are happening to the world. 
But ultimately what it comes down to is just by knowing that there are people out there who are totally into a ton of things and that's okay. And it doesn't need to be something that is extinguished and it doesn't have to necessarily end up as a career. It could just be something that brings you great joy. And if you see this in yourself or others, don't let it, don't let anyone extinguish that in you. There is not a person alive who doesn't want to be seen and heard by the people that they, that they love and by the people that love them. Even the people who act like they don't need that are probably going through some suffering from the rejection they faced as a child when they were told, hey, you don't matter. Go sit in the corner and shut the hell up. Everybody wants to be seen and heard. You can be that person who sees and hears them. You can be that person who sees and hears yourself. Don't look for ways to extinguish your life. Look for ways to radiate and vibrate it outwards. Internalizing your passion is how you make it something that sticks. But externalizing it can become your purpose. It can become the purpose for other people to be... um, enlightened when you're around. It can be the purpose for other people to feel an an energy that draws them to you. So often we're looking for ways to put each other in boxes because we are looking for confirmation of the way that we behave as if our reference point is the standard for which the entire world should base its behavior, thinking, feelings, and actions upon. And that's just asinine. Nobody out there, not me, not Tony Robbins, not, not a president of, one, of a country, not a highly regarded religious figure, not an athlete, no one, no one is the standard bearer for human behavior. No one is the reference point for which all people should be measured. Measure yourself based on who you were yesterday and ask yourself if each night you, you lay your head on the pillow, if you did something that day to move your life forward, to be a better version of yourself than when you woke up. And if that means being passionate about 20 things, then by God, be passionate about 20 things. We'll discuss how to prioritize each of those so that you can actually make headway in them down the road. But for now, just know loving lots of things is absolutely fine. Not loving lots of things and just wanting to do a few things in your life or go to work and come home and read a book and chill out, that's fine too. Nobody's behavior is the reference point for the entire population. You can be you. And I promise you, whenever you can step into that, you will be seen and you'll be heard. Most importantly, by yourself. I love you all. I thank you all so much for listening to this show. Please go on iTunes, subscribe, rate, review. I really would love some written reviews on iTunes because that matters to the algorithm and it will help the show show up higher in the uh, area of self, uh, of education, self-improvement. Definitely would love some more written reviews so that that dude who called me OCD and sexist gets buried deep down. So please go subscribe, rate, review. Let me know what you think. Hit me up on the DMs and Instagram. I can assure you I've set aside some time at least once or twice a week to get in there and respond. Um, There is no 
part of me that doesn't want to connect with all of you. I just have to be able to prioritize some time to do that. And that is not always an easy thing. I love you all. Inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release, and flow. See you next week. Bye-bye.